0: This is the On The Money Podcast with Jerry and Nick Royer, broadcasting nationwide. Jerry and Nick are consumer advocates, authors, and TV news contributors to NBC and ABC stations. Their nationally syndicated radio show reaches coast to coast. Every week, Jerry and Nick will show you how to make sure you live a confident retirement lifestyle with more simplicity and less worry. You're listening to the On The Money Podcast with Jerry and Nick Royer. Thanks for joining us for another On the Money podcast with Jerry and Nick Royer. This is Mark Elliott with the Retirement News Network. And I'm here, of course, with Jerry and Nick Royer, registered financial consultants and the founders of Group 10 Financial, a retirement wealth advisory firm that's been helping client families coast to coast for over 52 years. They're the creators of the On the Money Retirement Blueprint, which is a five-step process designed to help you live a confident retirement lifestyle. We've got a special guest in with us, and and I'm going to let you, Nick, go ahead and introduce your special guest, if you would.
1: Yeah, we're joined today by Dean Zayat, the CEO of Brookstone Capital Management from Chicago, Illinois. Dean's a frequent contributor on CNBC, Fox Business News, Wall Street Radio, and he's the CEO of one of the largest RIAs, that stands for Registered Investment Advisor. Of all the firms out there, this is the one that we have personally selected to partner with, simply because they have cutting-edge strategies that work for today's economy, not the last century. So Dean just landed here a few moments ago from Chicago. Dean,
2: welcome. Thank you, gentlemen. It is a pleasure to be here.
1: Hey, glad to have you. So what else brings you to Orlando?
2: Well, we have an industry conference here in town. We love Orlando. It's a pleasure to be in Central Florida.
1: Well, good. We're glad to have you. So every week, we talk about a whole bunch of different strategies, a lot of the strategies that we use with Brookstone Capital Management. And so I thought today would be a good opportunity for all of us to kind of discuss these strategies. So one of which that we talk about all the time is we talk about buy and hold versus proactive or tactical management. And what does that really mean?
2: Well, you referenced 20th century strategies versus 21st century strategies, and I think it's a good place to start Uh, the more traditional approach to money management, which is based on a fixed allocation typically, where you do asset allocation and you might wind up hypothetically with a 60% stock portfolio, 40% bond, and you tweak that. But it's essentially a fixed allocation that is buy and hold and ride out the market. We believe strongly that more active management is necessary in this type of market that we've had so far this century. That leads us to more actively managed strategies, more tactical. The key is this, a portfolio needs to be adjusted to mimic and to best reflect the current market conditions. We do not believe that buy and hold will yield very good results over the next 5, 10, 15 years, given our understanding of where the markets are heading, both stock and bond markets. So it's kind of like the buy and hope. It is buy and hope, exactly. We talk about that that every week. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, Jerry, I tell you, we had a 30-year bull market in stocks, and so it's filled that generation of investors who think that that just simply works. But the reality is, it's unlikely that we repeat that last bull market over the next 10 or 20 years, and that's people's retirement years here. So you only have one chance at this, and so we have to get it right, of course.
1: Well, and I think with the market being up, a lot of people in the past had thought, oh, well, 2008, never again. They came out of 2008. They lost 30 40% of their money, and they said never again, and now we're finding... The market's up again, and those same people are saying, Now I'm just going to hang on a little bit longer. What do you tell
2: that? One of the most honest assessments that I have given my own clients and my advisor partners, like you, you gentlemen here, has been the fact that I have learned lessons from the two crashes we had over the last 15 years, starting with the dot com crash and then, of course, 2008. I believe firmly that I am a better and smarter advisor today. We've grown and evolved and learned lessons. So the answer to the question is I ask maybe rhetorically to clients, what have you done today to position your portfolio to avoid a minus 40% like it happened in 2008? What have you done? And if the answer is nothing, then you know we have a problem here. We have to talk about 2008, lessons learned. And if you've done nothing, frankly, then we think there's a better way for your portfolio to be managed.
1: Yeah, because that's one thing that we see all the time is when people come into our office or call in on a radio show, you ask them, well, how have you been doing? And they say, well, I average 10%. And then you say, okay, well, let's look at what you have. And we do through Morningstar, we do a risk analysis, where we'll take their portfolio and try and figure out what that portfolio has done in the past, looking at how that exact portfolio would have done in 2008. And when it comes back, what I always see, and Dad, I know you see this too, is these portfolios come back, and there's 35%, 40% drawdowns in that portfolio if they held it that way in 2008.
3: Yeah, a lot of times since 2008, we've basically been just moving sideways, and a lot of people think that they're going to just rise that we're on right now if the market's going to continue. And we've got to prepare for that and protect our listeners so that they don't experience another 2008. One thing that I have said so many times in our appointments is since our affiliation with Brookstone Capital is your money managers have protected me, but I don't have to worry about the phone ringing saying, hang in there, it'll come back, because they're looking out for our consumers to protect me from that. And that's what it's all about is protecting that money so that they've worked hard for it. They don't want to lose it.
2: I would agree. And I'd, I'd add this, if you look at the last 50 or 60 years in the financial industry, I would suggest that the industry has done a very good job of teaching advisors and managers like ourselves how to grow assets, right? It's been very much an accumulation-based approach. We are now at the point where we know the boomers are retiring, and there's many of them, where distribution and preservation... And stretching those dollars is more important. And I think our firm and our affiliation, really, we've made it a point to become experts in the area of preservation and distribution. Unlike that accumulation phase, that requires a different set of skills, frankly, yeah. that many advisors I don't think are well-equipped for.
1: We yeah. call that the financial red zone, the five years before retirement the five years after retirement. And what I find a lot of people do is they come in with a hodgepodge of different investments all over the place. And it's like, well, why do you have this? Why do you have this? Why do you have this? well, I don't know. I just, it looked like a good investment at the time. What kind of plan do you have? Well, I really don't have one. Mm -hmm. I'm just, so what's your plan? Well, it's in my head and I just plan on retiring, right? And I'll just figure it out the day I retire. And in a lot of cases, that can be the worst
2: thing. true.
1: And people end up leaving their 401ks at
3: their job and there's no management there in their 401ks at their job. There's so much planning that takes on. I had an fellow that just turned 92 and we do our annual review with him and he was a rocket scientist from over at Nassau many many years ago and he says when does financial planning stop and I said it never does when we're beneath the grass right. perhaps but then if we've done a good job we continue on for our survivors. It just changes over time. Yeah. It just changes. So if you're listening and using that
1: buy and hold strategy and you're thinking that you're Probably in the group of people using these old ways of investing and want to see how active management could help you, we will do a risk analysis on your current portfolio, which is like a stress test, and compare it side by side with an actively managed strategy. So just give us a call now.
0: And, of course, that number to do that is 800-691-3372. Again, that's 800-691-3372. This is a great chance to sit down with Jerry and Nick and the team at Group 10 Financial and see how these strategies just might benefit you in your retirement. Again, that number is 800-691-3372 for your complimentary strategy session. 800-691-3372. And of course, we're glad you're with us. We've got Jerry and Nick Royer with Group 10 Financial. Of course, Nick, your special guest right here in the studio.
1: We're sitting here with Dean Zayat with Brookstone Capital Management. Again, he's the CEO of Brookstone Capital Management. It's the one firm that we have chosen out of all the ones out there to personally use in our own practice. And so one thing that we've touched on is this old way of financial planning versus this new way of financial planning. So can you explain that? Because I know we've talked about this at length over time, about this old way and this new way. So can you get into
2: that? Absolutely. If I can start with this one basic concept, and it'll lead into our core philosophy as Brookstone Advisors. The philosophy is based on the growth of a dollar. You see, the myth and the lie of Wall Street is that when they publish average returns of certain funds, for example, they might say that it's averaged 10%. That's not necessarily what your dollar in the account has grown to be. So it's very simple math. You look at the sequence of returns because you never get 10% every year. You might get a plus 12 and a minus three, and a minus eight, and then a plus 14. Oh, and then a minus 37. If you plug in your dollar, your dollar, I guarantee will not have grown by an average of 10%. And that's because of the destructive power of large losses. So the only way to grow the dollar, the actual dollar, is to geometrically compound it, and the only way to do that is to avoid a large loss. If you plug in the math, a minus 37 or a minus 40 is going to be destructive to the dollar's growth. So the average return that is published is definitely not what your money has done. If you believe in that, and it really literally is simple math, then that leads down to the path of Brookstone's philosophy, which is we have to avoid large losses. And one of the ways you do so is to actively manage a portfolio using different strategies that have risk management or downside protection built in. That's where we compare that to the old way, the fixed allocation way, buy and hold forever and ride it out. If you do that, you will likely experience a large loss because these things do come in cycles, and that's going to be destructive to the actual growth of your money. So our strategies believe in risk management, downside protection, while still delivering competitive returns.
1: Well, and what I've always seen is the pie chart. People come in our office with this pie chart. They say, oh, well, you know, I'm blended. I have large cap, small cap, mid cap, bonds. This is how I am. And I'm like, well, how was your portfolio two years ago? Oh, it was the same way. Well, What was your portfolio in 2008? It was the same way. I had large cap, small cap, mid cap. And I think that pie chart is what saves them because they have this diversification. But You've seen that, too. Right, right.
2: Yeah, that's the old way of doing it. That's based on modern portfolio theory, and it's just simple asset allocation by asset class. And an asset class is something like you just suggested, large-cap growth or small-cap value. Our philosophy is not based on asset class diversification. It is strategy diversification. It's a really key difference. We have different strategies that completely work differently. Each has its own set of rules. Each may be fully diversified in its own right. Right. Each has, again, downside protection built in. But when you own different strategies and have them working for you, it is very likely that you're going to deliver competitive returns. We've experienced that without having a large drawdown. I'll give you a couple of examples. Some strategies use hedging to protect against large losses. Others use a tactical or more dynamic approach. They're different, but they have at their core philosophy the same goal. Avoid large losses and deliver competitive returns.
1: We talk about it every week that it's more like a thermostat of your house. Right now, it's getting really hot out, so I'm going to start putting on the air conditioning. Whereas a couple months ago, either my air was completely off. Up in Chicago, I'm sure you had your heater on full bore for two or three months. But as time goes on, you change, and your portfolio should change as well, just like you do your thermostat at your house. And that's what we tell people is the old way of buy and hold or buy and hope
3: and being passive with your money doesn't really work
1: anymore. Mm-hmm.
3: It's just like anything else. There are old ways to do things and new ways to do things. Just think about the people using the old clotheslines. Oh, boy. That's simply not around anymore. What about, you know, going to work with your horse and buggy? These aren't very efficient. So it's silly to think that the way we invest in the last century should be the same way we do things today. Just like cursive today is going to be a thing of the past, it's being replaced with texting. We're sitting here in the studio with Dean Zayat, the
1: CEO of Brookstone Capital Management. He's a frequent contributor on CNBC, Fox Business News, Wall Street Radio, and he's the CEO of one of the largest registered investment advisors. So if all the firms out there that exist, this is the one that we personally have selected to partner with simply because they have a lot of great strategies available, and that's what we're going to get
3: into. We hear so much of the talking heads-on commercials on the big screen talking about gold and silver as investing in these commodities. What's your thinking of that, Dean?
2: Well, there are pros and cons to it. I guess in a nutshell, I can tell you that gold and silver historically have represented a store of value or almost like their own currency. We know that. So there is something to them as in terms of an investment aspect. They don't pay a dividend. There's no income that can be peeled off of it. That's Warren Buffett's big complaint about gold and silver. Having said all that, they do act as a very smart hedge during uh, crisis-type times, black swan events like 2008, where money will maybe pour into gold and silver and those prices will jump because people perceive it as a safe haven. My personal opinion is It can't hurt somebody who may be leaning on the conservative side to have a small allocation to gold and silver. I wouldn't make it a large part of a portfolio because, again, typically it's there as a hedge, as a store of value, but not going to produce much income or no income at all. And that normally has been a goal for most of our clients is to have some sort of income stream derived from their portfolio. Gold and silver are not going to be one of those choices.
3: What would be a recommendation for to produce the income, such as structured notes or things of that nature?
2: It's a great question because you guys have heard me talk about retirement planning today essentially equates to income planning. Yep. Income planning is retirement planning for 78 million baby boomers and most of Americans now they're going to retire. It really comes down to retiring with enough assets that can produce enough income that you will not outlive, right? That's right. really the bottom line. We have multiple income-oriented strategies at Brookstone that you gentlemen are very well aware of. I'll give you a couple of examples and we can talk about any one or more at length. Structured notes are essentially bonds that are issued by some of the largest banks in the world that have very interesting payout structures. Instead of saying something as simple as, we'll pay you 3% a year for the next five years, right? That's like a CD or a typical normal bond structure. These notes would say something to the effect of, I'll pay you 8% a year as long as the S&P 500 does not fall below 40% of current value. And if it does during this, hypothetically, five-year note or term, we're not going to pay you interest that month that the S&P falls below 40%. So it's a way to structure higher interest contingent on a formula. But typically, if that formula has pretty attractive terms, like a 40% buffer, most clients really gravitate towards that because it can help produce substantially more income than a typical bond or CD today. Mm
3: -hmm. But they're not FDIC insured, but they are pretty safe because of what you're saying issued by some of the largest banks that are probably monitoring that very...
2: That's right. You're buying the paper of a large bank, and so you are taking on the creditor default risk of the bank. You've got to be comfortable with that. But in today's sort of post-2008, too-big-to-fail world, These are very large banks that most people are comfortable owning their paper, as we call it. Key to our philosophy, you still want to avoid a large drawdown, yet still produce that income.
1: Well, and sometimes there's guaranteed annuities that can provide income as well. So it's just kind of harnessing all these different things together in the right proportions to help with somebody in retirement. Because what we're hearing a lot of now is, hey, the stock market's up. Is it now a good time for me to put everything in aggressive? And that's what we're hearing a lot of. Yeah. But what's the theory there? What's your take on that type of strategy? Because I'll, I'll give you an example. I had a guy a couple weeks ago came in and we had talked about this and he said, well, I'm going to get in this investment because the broker told me that last year it did 40%. He said, well, it did 40%. So that's what I should be in because that's what this guy said it did last
2: year. What's your thought? The most important concept of that is that every investor is different and that if you're chasing performance, it is a certain recipe for failure. There's no doubt about that. I agree it's, with that. Especially if you're chasing last year's performance and you feel like you missed out. And There's a bunch of studies we've seen that shows that if you buy the best performing index that performed last year, if you buy that the year after, it normally falls to near the bottom of the indices that perform. So it's just a bad approach to yeah. investing.
3: We found that each day people face this dilemma and don't know how to protect against the next market crash, don't know how to prevent large drawdowns, and really don't know who to turn to for the answers. If you like a strategy built for you that can help prevent large drawdowns but still satisfying returns, just give us a call.
0: And, of course, that number is 800-691-3372, 800-691-3372. This is a great chance for you to help make sure you don't have any retirement red flags that could derail you financially and see how the strategies Jerry and Nick have been talking about with Dean Zayed today, they could really benefit you in your retirement. No cost for this on-the-money retirement review. The number is 800-691-3372. That's 800 Glad you're with us today for On the Money with Jerry and Nick Royer with Group 10 Financial. Jerry, of course, the founder and CEO of Group 10 Financial. Nick Royer is the youngest vice chairman of the International Association of Registered Financial Consultants, now serving his second three-year term. And of course, we're also here with our special guest, direct from Wheaton, Illinois, and joining us here in the studio, Dean Zayed, who is the founder and CEO of Brookstone Capital Management, who manages well over $2 billion in assets. Dean has appeared on CNBC, Fox Business Channel, Bloomberg TV, TheStreet.com, WGN as a financial expert, and has been published and featured in numerous financial publications. And of course, he is our special guest right here in the Group 10 Financial Studios today. As I'm sitting here listening to you three financial professionals, you know, you you three guys probably have nearly 90 years of combined experience and collectively have been on CNBC, Fox Business News, Bloomberg, NBC, ABC, you know, the list goes on and on. And now for me, I don't come from the financial world. So, you know, we're talking about a broker, for example, I thought a broker was a financial planner. But then I find out that for the most part, that's really just not the case. A lot of people,
1: they don't know who they're working with when they meet with a financial advisor. They say, oh, I'm working with a financial advisor, but he's really a broker. So what is it really the difference between brokers
2: and advisors? If I can spend a few seconds just giving our listeners just a very brief history lesson, and it's just simply nobody's fault the way things have evolved. But here it is. There are two different federal laws that regulate financial advisors. There's the 1933 Act and the 1940 Investment Advisors Act. The reason I bring those up is certain types of advisors that have a certain license are governed by the 33 Act. Those are the typical quote-unquote brokers. They can call themselves financial advisors, and they're held to what's called a suitability standard. Their standard of care is that they must do what they deem to be suitable for their customers or clients. And that's a fairly low standard. The 1940 Act governs investment advisors. For our listeners out there, the Royer team, Group 10, Brookstone Capital, we are investment advisors. We are held to a much higher standard of care that's called a fiduciary duty, which means that by law, we must do what is deemed to be in our client's best interest. So there is these two parallel yet disconnected bodies of law that to this day, 70 years later, exist regulating brokers and investment advisors. A broker can call themselves a financial advisor. It's a very generic term. They cannot use the term specifically investment advisor. That's the key. Investment advisors like us have a different license, have a fiduciary duty. And I always tell my clients, if there's one ultimate litmus test in terms of narrowing down your choices to hire a financial advisor, wouldn't you want to narrow it down to those that simply by law have the highest standard of care to look out for your best interests, and that would be those fiduciaries or investment advisors, and simply eliminate those that are governed by that lower standard. It's not their fault, but that's the way they've chosen to conduct business. We think there's a better way to do it, clearly the way we have chosen to structure our respective practices.
3: And, Nick, you know, it's just like we've stressed one thing, and that's put the client first. So it's a great right. fit for us, that fiduciary responsibility and something that I value and I protect.
1: Yeah, and that's one thing that when people meet with us, I mean, we're kind of laid back. We're relaxed. They keep wanting, well, you know, I've been in all these other offices and it's high pressure, high pressure. Why are you guys just kind of relaxed? That's retirement. I've got to work with you for 30 years Mm -hmm. in retirement. My philosophy is I need to build a relationship, not a transaction. And that's somewhat odd for people to hear that there's a difference between this transaction based versus other things. So one thing I do want to get into real briefly here as we wrap up is going back to that large drawdown. And people are out there trying to still get satisfying returns. So when you talk about preventing large drawdowns,
2: everybody else thinks that means I'm not going to get any returns as a result. What do you tell them? No, that's not true at all. Because again, depending on the strategy, the idea is you're actively managing a portfolio that will prevent a large drawdown during a bear market. But I'll give you a great example. In 2013, bonds had a bear market. Mm -hmm. Bonds were much more risky than stocks in terms of their standard deviation and their volatility. Now, the textbook tells everybody that bonds are safer than stocks. In fact, if you look at the data, stocks not only did 30 percent, but they did so with low volatility. So if you looked at those numbers, you'd say, boy, in 2013, bonds acted like the riskier asset class. So the whole idea about preventing large drawdowns is to be in the right performing area, sector, asset class, given the current market conditions. In a particular strategy that we manage, that might mean owning stocks in 2013 like we did, but then maybe owning something else like bonds in 2014 if our own proprietary indicators tell us that, you know, we are now going to be in a bear market in stocks, but that means that we could be in a bull market in another area. So that's the idea. It's the tactical dynamic nature, not that fixed allocation where you really are trying to get best returns in the best areas, but always shifting to avoid that large loss.
1: Well, that's one thing I love about the strategies is as time goes on, the portfolio evolves and, you know, we all have to evolve. And one of the things that we have been passionate about is helping people prevent these large drawdowns in their portfolios and getting the retirement income they need so they can live in independent retirement. And a lot of the strategies we've talked about are things most people don't even know exist. And that's why we offer a free consultation to our radio listeners to help share ideas and strategies you may not have heard of before. So if you call us in the next 15 minutes and have at least $200,000 saved for retirement, we'll offer you this free consultation to help you determine how prepared you are to handle retirement pitfalls like what we're talking about here today. Stock market volatility, suffering large drawdowns that could be catastrophic to your portfolio, inflation, health emergencies, running out of money during retirement and taxation. And let's face it, you've worked hard for your money. So we'll work just as hard to help you protect and grow it. There are a wide variety of tools and services available in the world, and we'll show you how to harness those tools and services to create a plan that's tailored just for you. And we'll show you how to achieve a lifetime of security thanks to having a dependable retirement income plan to help protect you from running out of money during retirement. So if you give us a call, we will help get you your own roadmap to retirement that you deserve and get you better answers to your financial challenges and objectives. So give us a call in the next 15 minutes, and we'll look for financial landmines that could hurt you, help you avoid them, and build you a written plan with the right blend of financial tools and strategies. They get you on the road to financial security and independence.
0: So if you're wanting Jerry, Nick, and their team to create a retirement blueprint for you using their proven strategies and techniques, well, you'll want to call right now. And here's the number. It's 800-691-3372. Again, 800-691-3372. They're on the money. Five-step retirement review is with no cost, no obligation, no pressure. It's just a conversation. But you've got to call now to take advantage of this and schedule your own complimentary visit. The number again, 800-691-3372. It's a great opportunity. No-cost retirement strategy session with Jerry and Nick and the team at Group 10 Financial. Again, that number, 800-691-3372. And of course, we want to thank Dean Zayed for being here with us today. So for Jerry and Nick Royer, I'm Mark Elliott. Thanks for joining us again. And we'll talk to you next time on The Money Podcast with Jerry and Nick Royer. You've been listening to the On The Money podcast with Jerry and Nick Royer. Every week, catch new episodes to discover the latest retirement strategies and tips for retiring well from Jerry and Nick. To learn more about how to create a retirement blueprint to help you have total confidence in your retirement plan, visit them online at group10financial.com. That's group10financial.com.